Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Yay, hello, hello. We are here intact. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen and death company dreadnoughts to that 6++ Plus show. Some might say that this is a swamp market that we don't bring anything to, but those people have reckoned without our sheer relatable averageness, a force of nature that continues to find new and accurate ways to express itself. I am your host, Tom, and I am back from a thoroughly average performance at a Teams event with two of my good buddies. First up is my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I am great, and I am relishing our sheer averageness. <laughs> Excellent. Have you done any hobbies since I last saw you, Chris? I finished a zone trope. I saw that. It's a pretty zone really trope. Mm-hmm. Um, all everything's done the base i've got this little dust to put up on the um put on the base and like the bottom of the bottle to make it look all like it's in the earth and stuff and i'm pretty happy with it i started painting the other two zone ropes and yeah we'll just kind of go through i'm i should probably start painting some buildings and paint some eldar guardians mm. um, for the eldar oh yes probably get my night prison my the night spinner says five prison. Night, night prison. Night yeah. prison. <laughs> Whatever you need it to be, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, I've built it. I need to paint that and work out how many I'm going to run. Obviously, we've got the Eldar um, Six. stuff coming out soon. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got the Eldar stuff coming out soon and the points and that. So mm-hmm. once that's all done, I can finally actually confirm how many wonderful toys things I'm going to fit in my um, Eldar army. Very, very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Um, and I'm also joined tonight for his 6++ debut, Alex. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Still struggling with the heat stroke. It's been yeah, a warm it's, weekend. It's, it's, so, warm. it's so hot. It's unreal. Uh, but it's very nice to have you here. Obviously, Alex made his um, his team debut for us this weekend, playing with us at an eight-man teams event, which we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, and he did very flipping well, uh, is is how I would put it. He was an excellent asset, but we'll we'll explain all the different ways in which Alex came through for us a little bit later on. Have you been doing any hobby, Alex, or is it too hot for that? It's been a bit warm. It's also been a bit tired, but I have managed to get some priming done on some Terminators. Oh, very apparently nice. they're some of the new hotness. Okay, sweet. Okay, very nice. What sort of Terminators? It's going to be the Death Watch variety. Add them into the uh, add them into my current Death Watch army, which I have been collecting since they released the Codex. <laughs> Just to clarify. Just to clarify, I'm not meta jumping. I don't hobby fast enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, Alex is not really a meta chaser in a, in any sense, but has played his Death Watch for a very long time. Um, and obviously, anyone who's seen the Death Watch rules will know that that's a scary thing to own right now. They're in a they're in a very very interesting place following the release of their rules. Um, great. Okay. So what we are going to do tonight is talk through Allies of Convenience, which is an eight-man teens event, our first ever eight-man teens event that we went to up in Stockport. Um, and we'll chat through the process and, and some of our games and those kinds of things as much as we're able to remember from that that weekend. 
then at the end, if we've got time, we'll have a little bit of a natter around some of the index reveals that we've seen, what we think are some of the armies that have been been revealed now, um, and then we'll launch into any listener questions. So do feel free to chuck questions in the chat for us. We're very happy to field them. A few shout-outs. Um, Elo Woozle says, Ed kicked us off the other stream and sent us here. Well, that's good. That's his job. I'm very glad that he sent you here. And also, thank you so much to everyone who's been following Ed as he absolutely chews through data sheets. And he's basically trying to tell you every single unit in the game as it comes out. This was his completely self-inflicted undertaking, which he volunteered himself for without any prompting. Um, but it's it's magnificent. It's uh, it's it's quite the job that he's doing at the moment. They are dropping like five indexes a day. Yeah, it's an insane amount of stuff to be leafing through. But I think he's he's trying to give himself a crash course, so he's got an advantage for the league. I think that's what he's doing. He's just trying to get himself good and prepped. Shout out to um, Le Sombre, who also says, totally averages the new epic. That's absolutely right. That's that's what we're patenting. That's what we're all about. And hello, Jack, who says, hey, gang. Nice to see you, Jack. Um, brilliant. Okay. So, Chris, perhaps you'd like to set the scene for our listeners. What was Allies of Convenience? Cool. So, um, about, well, it was about last year, actually. Um, <laughs> they were um, kind of came across this event, and it was an eight-man teams event. And uh, we'd never done an eight-man before, and we were like, well, that's what the proper WTC teams do. So Big boy team. Folks um, could check out it's, And also, with just it being um, kind of a few months before WTC, it actually lines up to be quite a highly competitive event with potentially mm. lots of, like, the local international teams coming across. Yeah. Um, obviously, with 10th being dropped very shortly there that kind of level of interest dropped off yeah and so some of the wtc teams did drop out um but we still managed to get the 10 teams in and um yeah it was you know we had a nice variety of players going um we had a nice variety of lists um we we're looking forward to challenging ourselves um yeah. the eight man pairings process is completely new to us we've never done it before um, so that was kind of something to experience, and we just all love team events. So we do. I mean, we've got the WCTC to start our own as well, which we don't see out too often with singles yeah. events and everything. Yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be. Then I think they changed it to Glasshammer. Yeah, yeah. Glasshammer so, style, which was different actually, and I I definitely enjoyed playing on it. I have to say, I thought I thought it was, new, a, yeah. it was a really good set. It presents different kinds of challenges, and I it does make you realise the sort of. I guess the the particularities of UKTC, which although we're very used to it, definitely does present a particular kind of game, and I think yeah. it was nice to try something else. Yeah, definitely. And so we had we had a cracking lineup. We had a real nice mix of players, right? Obviously, our six plus team has has all sorts. We've got all kinds of long time players. Some are more competitive than others, but everyone's brilliant and everyone plays their heart out. And I thought we had a really nice mix of players all of whom were there to give their best and have a great time. So we had Chris, who was running as Yanari. Um, Incarn, all the good stuff, all the usual stuff. We had Alex, who was on guard. Um, was it, what was your sort of build for the guard, Alex? It's your kind of typical born soldiers type list, but with mm -hmm. lots of infantry, lots of player around outflank, deep strikes with some scions in. Before Lehman Russ, very normal type list, but mm. strong when played well. Yeah, and you you like your lots of infantry, don't you? Because that gives you a lot of mission play, and you've always yeah. been very good at that. It's not just killing someone. I quite like no. to play around missions and just yeah exactly but he's got his usually ends up tabling well. people if i do well anyway so <laughs> as it should as it should um and i was on rusted claw gsc 
So lots of rock grinders and then big blobs of neophytes coming in out of the sky. It's a, a, you know, I've, I've played versions of this for a very long time now, so it was one I was very happy I could perform reliably within teams. And a, a last run out in ninth for my Patriarch with his double exploding sixes, and he had a mixed weekend, but we'll get to him later. Um, and then what else did we have? We had Jamie East running Death Guard, um, quite vehicle and demon engine heavy Death Guard with sort of Terminator support and some Plague Marines. We had Dave Murdoch on the Grey Knights with a, um, a sort of a list he's iterated with for a very long time with interceptors and dread knights and all those good things. And we also had Lee Jones, Lee Jones out for his first weekend away from his newly born mm. child. Uh, he's been he's been very busy being a father. That's why we've not seen him on here so much. He's been taking his fatherly duties very seriously, um, but he was out for a rare weekend of of nerdydom. And he was on Disciples of Bellacor, what we call the Jack Tight list, which is Beta Nurgle, Bellacor, lots of utility, um, and some supporting armages for Chaos Knight shenanigans as well, because there's a lot you can do with them in Disciples of Bellacor. And I'm now starting to run out. What else did we have? We had some random scrub called Jack Tight. Ah, uh, yeah, Jack Tight himself was some random scrub um, who obviously, yeah, he's been on a tear with demons, so we thought the sensible thing to do is take them off him. Um, and make him play world eaters, but he was—he seemed very keen to play world eaters actually, because I think he wanted the push to get them painted and built and ready to go. Um, and so he was on loan to us from Warmasters. So thank you, Warmasters. Very grateful. Thank you. Appreciation to Warmasters. Even if the paperwork work was a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the loan fee is substantial, and you know we're we're struggling, but that's you know clubs like us have to make do with whatever we can get in yeah. the position that we're in. Yeah. That was our eight, I think. I Did you say Paul? Oh, Paul James. Sorry, Paul. Oh, sorry. No. I'm sorry, Paul. He's just so ever present that I just I just yeah, took it for granted it. there. Uh, and Paul James was on Dark Angels with Desolation Marines and Land Speeders and Talonmasters and I assume some Terminators. I can't remember if it's been yeah, it wouldn't be Paul James if there weren't some Terminators in there somewhere. So I think across those lists we had a really good spread of armies. They can all score well. They've all got solid game plans and they all have a range of of good matchups and and relatively few sorts of things that they struggle with and so i think the the challenge for us was getting our head around eight man pairings i guess chris is the one that had to do this most of the time and then get all the hate from the team as always as is your role yeah how, how would you say eight man pairings compared to five what were the key differences i actually liked it more interesting um, okay okay because it felt like a lot a lot less pressure to be trying to think, well, if I do this, then they do this and that sort of thing. Because mm. um, when you've got five man, it's like, well, once we put one defender down, we've only got one defender. And when you've got that second defender, you're like, well, if they take this, they'll do this. And you're trying to guess it. Mm. But the eight mans, I didn't really care. I was like, I'm just trying to get us into, because we basically did a matrix for every yeah. game. And um, what we would do is we would give ourselves a one in the matchup if we it was a zero twenty, a two if we reckon we'd lose like five fifteen, mm. a three if it was somewhere between an eight twelve or a twelve eight, mm -hmm. and then a four for a fifteen five and a five for a twenty eight. Uh, and obviously, there's there's quite a major flaw into that in terms of if you don't know your matchups, it's very much guesswork. Um, so it was a combination of us. Trusting people's what they thought, um, and then also just um, kind of making it up as you went along and saying, "Well, actually, mm. I think it's kind of this." But yeah, it's kind of just trying to get it's like little battles in itself, and yeah. trying to 
use your matrix just to generate. So if you think, if everyone put down a three, which is a draw, um, you would come up with eight games of three, so 24. Mm. So basically on the matrix, if you pair so that you're above a, above a 24, mm. then um, you've kind of gone right. Yeah. Um, so that's the goal. It's like anytime you've got an opportunity to take a four or five, you grab it and you just do your best to avoid the ones. Yeah. And I think this is something that we felt we did very well, right? I think we were pretty happy with how we paired. Yeah, we talked about the end, but basically in every game we paired into an over 24. Yeah. So I think that's a really nice position for us to be in. Obviously, our own estimations of, of matchups and then player skill always having its say means that you know you don't necessarily get the outcomes that you are hoping for or expect. Um, but I, I honestly, if you compare how we were even a few months ago at Teams events, I think it was a much slicker operation. Um, and given that you were actually herding eight of us, not five of us, I thought you were herding us much better <laughs> and we're much, <laughs> much, we're much more used to herding like us around. Five minutes for everyone to figure out matrices. <laughs> yeah. When you only get that quarter of an hour between rounds. Yeah, exactly. It can be quite stressful, but I, I say I think Chris handled it super well and, and did a great job with this. So we, well, the good news is we we had some exciting rounds because we played some international teams and we played some strong teams and we had a really good time here. So we're going to go through the rounds one by one. Probably won't give you the spin on all of the games, but we'll give you give you certainly our perspective on how the round was going and what and what we learned and and how those went. Aaron Wilson says, "Evening, Nobbins. Hello, Aaron. Nice to hear from you. I hope you're well." <laughs> <laughs> and Brighthammer said it's easy to take Paul and his fours across the board for granted. Yeah, we do it all the time. He's so dependable that we take him for granted. A little bit like his Legion in that sense. Um, great. Okay, so let's talk venue first because we have, this is this is uh, uh, Dave Gale. I would say I'm going to go on a rant here. This is what so I'm going to do. A Dave Gale and go on a little rant. And I've been to Element Games twice in summertime for events. And on both occasions, the building has frankly been too hot for human beings to spend time in, um, let alone long periods of time doing something strenuous. Uh, the, the, there is, there's nothing resembling an aircon set up in there. It's incredibly hot. It sucks in the heat. Um, and we actually had players dropping out with heat stroke over the weekend. Um, and so, not us, not us, no, not us. Although I did, I forgot to change, I forgot to change out of my jeans on the Saturday. My legs, my legs still haven't recovered. I got like heat rash down my legs from that, which was pretty unpleasant. Um, and I mean, uh, the the UK is getting hotter, so I understand that the conditions have shifted in the last few years and as, as, as we're all adapting to, but I don't think Element can keep having events. Um, where they're subjecting people to the, that kind of condition. It's, it's just not healthy for people. People, we know we got, we got people running around providing water to everyone. A good sh a shout out to Scrivo actually he did a great job sort of helping to manage the event whilst also captaining a team, but he was literally running around getting water to people on the final game because he had a buy. And yeah, that's, that's not good. That's something, that's something I love element. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's an amazing venue and shop. I really enjoy the atmosphere they've created, um, but it's not, it's not safe to have people in that heat. Playing, playing Warhammer for nine hours, you just can't do it. So I think I think they need to look at solutions if they can find some for that. Um, other than that, cracking venue, right? It's brilliant. Like big fan of Element. Um, uh, have you ever been before, Alex? No, that was my first time up at Element, and yeah, I mean, like the hall was nice enough. Mm -hmm. Train was different, despite being the kind of standard format. Um, yeah, shots lovely. Bit just toasty. Like really yeah. needed to. <laughs> work out some kind of aircon system or yeah. airflow or something like yeah absolutely lots of people were dripping yeah 
no, exactly. There was so we'll, we'll get to my game five, but my game five basically it started raining outside, and I had a wonderful break in the middle of my game. Literally stood in the rain, and it was the best. Um, and that's that was the level of heat that we're dealing with. But we can handle the heat. We're six plus plus. We know we know how to handle the heat. We're all about competition these days. And round one, what do we get, Chris? What were we drawn into? We were drawn into Leeds Salt Miners C. Leeds now, Salt um, Miners C. The interesting thing here is because a lot of the teams have been struggling with dropouts, there were teams who like, were literally came to the event with only six players. There were teams who got down to five, six players and then got a lot of pickups. Mm -hmm. So this team that had been lead Salt Miners C were basically became actually um, Clumsy Orcs, who are mm -hmm. kind of like based up north and have got a few like good players and stuff. Um, and so yeah, it was. It's not. You would think, oh, playing a C team. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. That no, actually. there were it a lot of C team. A lot of mercenaries all across the teams, weren't there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we kind and of, as our own teams demonstrate, even the you know the Omegon or the Lemon teams can be very dangerous. So you know. yeah, it's just so much. It's nothing in general. It's such a depth of competent forty yeah. k players. Exactly. Days, it's yeah. just a lot of them around. Yeah, for yeah. sure um so yeah going into the match we kind of we had a rough idea of who we'd start with and that sort of thing um and i can't remember the order of every parents process i'm afraid mm -hmm. um but what happened in this game was we got down to near the end and then we were both left with two cards each and i was like what what's going <laughs> on um and in my mind i hadn't oh, i just hadn't read the full parents process properly because i was just like oh we'll just go like fifth the teams are five pairings but there'll be just um there'll just, just be some left over there. to you pair up yeah. yeah um and that's not what happens at all um and so we got it completely wrong and essentially we just both had two cards each and we just randomly just like, blind paired them, them yeah blind them down and what that the issue with what that ended up allowing was that dave as gray knights got put into um guard into Auspex tactics mr guard mm. um, which was the one thing which dave wanted to avoid and was a one on the um mm. was on the matrix so dave wasn't very happy well dave was okay with it to begin with um after the game dave wasn't very happy about it but, <laughs> um, such is life so we did we got the actual process wrong which is what mm. led to kind of that thing but just is but we is. we learned that over the, the next rounds didn't yeah, we the so next another, game, another, yeah. another learning experience for us um so the parents that we had were um alex into tyranids um which uh oh so it should be said this mission was um recover the relic yes so when you're going about your pairings you want to be thinking well what armies are going to do well on these boards and these missions Mm -hmm. And what we were very aware of was that Recover the Relic allows... Um, very um, hard to drop people's primary at any stage, right? Yeah. Exactly. So you're not going to get big blowout scores, realistically, no. as long as... And even if you're in a bad matchup, you could play quite defensively. And probably yeah, it's a, it's a defensive player's dream because you can sit tight, almost not interact, and still score a very healthy score. So you're hunting any sort of really weak list... And you're just trying to gain that edge and you it's kind of just it sounds really silly but you've just got to have that in this particular mission it's just to try and get a lots of like little victories if you can. absolutely it's kind of how it's going to work so we led uh, we ended up with and i'm just going to go in order here. i can't remember what order we paired in but um 
it was Alex's guard into their Tyranids, our Death Guard into their Zinch Demons, our Grey Knights into their Guard, our World Eaters into their Chaos Knights. No one in our army was apart from the Guard really wanted to play to Chaos yeah, Knights. We're all very spooked by Chaos Knights, um, yeah. So Chaos Knights provided a bit of an issue for us over the weekend to pair into. Um, it was myself into Votan. I managed to take that, and that was one which I was looking for because I played yeah. Votan before and 20 of them. So I was constantly going into the matchups. I was like, right, this is a matchup that if we can engineer, then. And I think they, well, I can't remember what I chose it or not, they chose me, but that was one I was happy with. Um, Lee's into um, Demons into Custodies. That was one which. We didn't really know how it would go. No. Um, Paul's Dark Angels into their Orcs. Uh, no, it says Orcs here, but it's not Orcs. It was Sisters of Battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Sisters on those sorts of defensive missions are going to be really They're hard. Tough. They're but a tough cookie. Paul yeah. has a Desolation Marine, so we thought you might be able to get a bit of a nudge up there. Mm-hmm. And we had Tom's GSC into World Eaters. Yeah, which is a matchup I've played a lot, and I understand yeah. it. It's, it's always a close one. Um, but it's one, yeah. I was one. I was. I was happy to have a go at and try and leverage. So yeah, we kind of we were we felt in terms of the pairings that we probably had a small win here. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave was a potentially a bad one, so we were going to have to get a bit of a bigger win to try and mitigate it out there. But yeah. elsewhere, but like looking at scores, you can see they're all reasonably close. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And the challenge on this particular mission was going to be achieving those big wins to swing it when so many games were likely to be close and then given that Dave had been matched into guard down the end that also put us in a very difficult position because it meant that we were going to be down some points there it's worth saying that the, the player the guard player that Dave played was all specs tactics yeah. um, and I was I was next to them on my table and they even though it was a massacre um, they looked to be having a lot of fun with it and they were certainly enjoying it, although Dave was obviously a bit unhappy at, his, at getting totaled and it was a matchup that was very rough for him. Um, they did have a lot of fun with it and all spectacles tanks were very nicely painted, I think. Nice. So let's um, let's chat our rounds and then we can see how it all fit together. How did you go to the Tyranids, Alex? Um, I managed to go first, which is pretty key. <laughs> when yep. It gives me a nice bead onto the Tyrant Guard stood next to a Shard Gullet. Yeah, nice. Now... Picking them up should have given me an advantage, but Tom and I we'd gone up at got woke up at four thirty in the morning. Well, yeah, we were up at four to get already there, yeah. warm. <laughs> and definitely, I didn't press the advantage, use the activations as well as I could have. Amen. Um, tight game in what should have been more of a blowout for me. I was looking for that higher score. Like mm. Dave, playing the is lovely guy, played it really well. My dice. Didn't quite. I'm not going to blame the dice, but they didn't help me at some points. <laughs> yeah, he got plenty of those in runs from first turn and ended up a ten all. But I probably should have gone twelve eight thirteen seven on that one to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like there were a few a few key moments where things just stuck around on objectives and and held their own that little bit longer. Yeah, it was like there was a lovely little regen he did where he went from me dropping him to a four on the primary, which is huge, and he ends up taking a twelve on it oh. by regening across from one side of the board to the other with term guns. Yeah, and I've taken the what, all twenty nine down to three of them left mm. in that previous turn. Ah, uh, the old Gant regen. It's just so brutal. It's just so dangerous. I mean, that's huge swing on a mission like this as well. 
Yeah, it's a Nid player's favourite thing to do, swing it for a 12. They love that. Um, how did you go into the Votan, Chris? So I got to go first. And you like, look at any Votan on, they just don't have enough stuff. They don't. Um, no. <laughs> he was really worried about my character. They are surprisingly resilient, though. They are. Um, and, you know, this Terminator, he had two Terminator bricks. Um, he had a few bikes. He had one Hecaton, a few characters, a unit of 10, um, Warriors, and then some uh, Thunderkin with Grav. Mm. Um, but I got first turn, I kind of just went, put the pressure on, like, kind of both sides, um, killed, like, the stuff, killed the bikes, which was the goal. Well, I killed one unit of bikes, the other unit of bikes withstood five striking scorpions very, very well, which was quite annoying. Um, but I was able to keep putting the pressure on, but it was a really weird game where he was killing the stuff I was allowing him to kill. I wasn't quite chewing him through him as quickly as possible, and he, he'd set himself out for the draw. I was going in it with a, I need to win big here. And as we hit kind of like turn three, I'm like, oh, this isn't quite going how I kind of hoped it would. Hmm. But turn four, we just hit this break point where I just knifed through him. And he, um, the Incarn was getting to teleport around and kill a few amount, a few decent amount of things. And basically, at the end of his turn five, he had just the, or going into his turn five, he had just the Carl left. Mm. And because Votan's secondaries aren't very good, you know, he chosen the one where he has to hold objectives at the end. He didn't hold any objectives at the end. He chose the one where he had to kill stuff with judgment tokens on um, and loses points if he has, if things are, units are alive with judgment tokens. Well, he killed eight units with judgment tokens. And at the end of the game, I had eight units left with judgment tokens. Mm. So he's got zero on that. Um, so, yeah, I was able to get a 17-3 victory, which at the time was feeling rather necessary. Yeah, very much so. And that's a solid result as well. And it was that's one where our matrix has come up for us and, and done as expected. Um, so I had World Eaters and I had Tom, who was a very, very lovely man. Very, very funny. Um, and this is one of those matchups where it heads for a draw pretty much. Whenever I've played it, it heads for very close territory, and then it's just about who can muscle a little bit of an advantage against the other. Very funny exchange. He, when we, everyone's obviously once after you've done the pairings, not you don't usually know who actually who actually the player you're you're after is. So there's always people looking to find each other. And he was like, "Who's the DSC player?" And I put my hand up, and he just went, "Fuck!" And then we went over to the table and I was like, why'd you go fuck when I put my hand up? He's like, oh, well, when we do the pairings, I always like to look at everyone and sort of try and get a read on them. And I was just looking at you and thinking, oh, that guy's just assessing everything way too much. I don't want to fucking play him. <laughs> he's, he's looking and thinking and taking it all in far too much. There's a like, proficient Yeah, plan. I absolutely don't want to play that guy. <laughs> and, then, and then he drew me. Um, but we had a very, very, very funny game. Um, and... I mean, I got I got the edge on this one, and it was simply a case of just being able to pull good angles and get seismic cannons into world eaters and get some bikers up and pop the transports and different things. And this was just a fairly foot slogging world eaters list, but I kept failing to prosecute. Like, as we were saying, this is a really hard mission to shut someone's primary down on, but I absolutely was in position to knock him off and the the objectives a few more times and for him i reckon about three times and due to a whole series of of just bad calculations or a little bit of bad luck on my part i kept falling short on it and not quite managing to do it there were a couple of times where i managed to not 
manage my CP correctly and forget I have a, a turn off intervention strat that you really need into World Eaters to stop them just sliding back onto things and stopping you shutting down their primary. But I just kept managing my CP badly, let him intervene a couple of times. Um, and so it ended up as a 14-6 win. But it was one where I just hadn't, I just hadn't played well enough, and could definitely have played it a lot better. And you know, me and Alex, obviously, as I say, we were knackered from the drive up. I don't play well when I'm on no sleep, um, but I also just undercooked it a couple of times and needed to just leverage my advantage a bit better. Um, so 14-6 was all right, and it was a good win given what the matrix says. But it was one where I felt like it was there for me to take more points from than I than I did. So across the board, um, then we've got. The issue that Dave's lost nineteen one, yeah, and we're trying to drastically make up for that. And that's so what's Alex hurting on, us, yeah. Yeah, we've got Alex on ten ten. So then Jamie um, lost twelve eight to the demons. Um, mm-hmm. Got then Jack, who as Jack does, ground out an eleven nine win into the Chaos Knights, which was really yeah. good for us. But it was the three we were kind of thinking. Mm. I was seventeen three. Lee took down the Custodies thirteen seven. Yeah, very nice. Good. Paul, uh, kind of as expected, drew 10-10 with the sisters. Yeah. Because um, the thing was, the sisters just sit there on their half of the board. And it's yeah, they do. Yeah. So Paul has to go out and push, which can be risky in its kind And Valorous Heart is very durable against um, Desolation Marines. They just don't care about AP1 and 2 at all. Yeah. And um, Paul and Tom obviously won 14-6. So we're adding it up and we're like, oh, shit. And basically, the way the game work, the rounds work is you need as a team to get to eighty six mm. and to win. If you're within, if it's seventy, yeah, like seventy seventy six, yeah, seventy six to eighty five, it's a draw, mm. something around that. And we got to eighty four, oh. so we drew by two points, mm. which was like, damn it. It was a shame. It was a sad, a sad start because we, we felt like we'd paired well with a lot of us played well and we just but the mission had definitely contributed to making spin. it so much closer. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd much rather have played like a top team on that because then at least, you know, if they've got you the, have the defensive advantage. Yeah, you can just shut it down and keep it close. But when we were we felt we had list advantage and player advantage to a lesser extent, it was it was it was a bit of a shame. But all credit to to the lead salt miners players. They all they you know they all got stuck in and, and had a real go and, and some of them played really really well yeah they hung um, in it's a lesson that in this kind of team sparing you do need to ensure you're dunking their scores wherever possible yeah, you do. yeah this is still something i'm i'm still getting used to and it really does once you've played a few international players and been properly dunked you understand why they do it the way they do because every single point matters right it's not just for the sake of it it's because the overall score depends on you shutting your opponent down it's not good enough to just win by a small margin so that's something we're all still figuring out and i definitely yeah i definitely look at my game and i was like there's there's at least another point or two i could have squeezed out of that i moment. easily had that two three points in that game yeah. of mine to take the round it's just yeah. you see it afterwards and yeah, and it's that's the one thing. It's important not to get too hung up on it because it is what it is when it happens. And but it's yeah, you you definitely do end up in teams sort of really feeling over your mistakes and sort of thinking about where you could have squeezed extra points out. And slips do end up being costly. What do we get next, Chris? What was our next round? Yeah, well, we drew some chumps. I think you would. <laughs> um, we drew Scrivo's chumps because we drew ah oh, Team Wales. Wales. Team. Mm. I mean, we can use that title rather loosely. <laughs> yes. There was some Welsh presence, but <laughs> there was some. 
but not much. Um, but there were some very good players there. Um, and again, pairings um, went kind of as we thought. Well, kind of, well, not as we thought, because I didn't really have any thoughts going in. <laughs> a lot of the time was half looking at the matrix, half just going with gut. Um, but we we kind of... We had some not great matchups in this pairings, didn't we? Yeah, so we had a very interesting one where Jamie East had put himself down as a four into Imperial Knights. So you're looking at the matrix and you're like... <laughs> Well, this makes sense to do then, doesn't it? Because you know, <laughs> yeah. the best score around anyone. Yeah. And um, yeah, so the other stuff was kind of, kind of went okay. We were a bit concerned with Lee going into Custodes. It was a double warden, and we really didn't know how that would go. But he had just played Custodes, mm. um, so we felt like maybe that's okay. Um, Alex was playing to Scrivo's Dark Angels. Mm-hmm. Which again, you know, Alex got lots of infantry. Scrivo had twenty desolators. Mm. It's so also worth saying that this is data scry salvage, which for a guard yeah. player does go one of two ways usually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this mission in general does, I guess, doesn't it's it? The, it's the polar opposite of relics, opposite, isn't it? Isn't it? It's yeah. going to be a blowout mission, so you need to get your pairings right. Um, we had Jack into GSC, which, as Jack said, was probably going to be a close game again. Um, then we had Dave was going into. They chose the Grey Knight Mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Dave was playing into Grey Knights. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. We had Paul Dark Angels into Ed Watts, who's obviously an exceptional player. Yeah, he's very um, good. And his Eldari. Um, as we said, we had Jamie into Knights. We had myself into Black Legion. Ooh. And I had literally no idea what was in this list. Nobody looked at it. <laughs> just been told it was Black Legion. And I was like, probably okay. <laughs> um, and then we had Tom into Mr. Jack Asher's The one Trukari. and only Jack Asher, yeah. So I, I, people who know me know I, I'm a big fan of Jack Asher. I mentor him. We play all the time. Um, and he's a fellow Drakari lover, and he was on his Drakari. Um, but I'm very, I was very conscious in this matchup that GSC Drakari is a very GSC favoring matchup, especially on a mission like Data Scry. You called that very early on as that was the matchup you wanted. Yeah, that was very much what I was after on these boards. The pressure was on. I had put pressure on myself, and there were a lot of jokes about um, Jack becoming the master and me being relegated to the apprentice if I lost this game. Um, but I was, I was confident on this mission that it was one I could deliver on. And essentially, we went off to our pairings, and I mean, we're kind of, I mean, I'm just starting my round one, is Jamie is sending on the chat, guys, I'm so fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I've only just started to stop deploying. I haven't finished deploying yet. There's a lot of guardsmen to get down. Yeah. And uh, it was like, okay. And then, like, five minutes later, man, let's get this is fucking bullshit. Everything's minus one damn bravo. Minus one damage, mortals everywhere. And so our only real hold on the game at this or the round at this point is that we're going to be on 0 and 20. And then very swiftly after, we're getting messages from Lee, who's going, guys, I'm so fucked right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's They've just got the whole board. I'm completely screwed. This is 0 20. I'm so yeah. sorry. He was t- I was next to him and he was like, yeah, I'm going to lose 0 20 here, I think. And that was about just... turn one. So for the rest of us, we're like, right, so we're 40 nil down. <laughs> Um, things aren't looking too great. 
Um, but I played into um, Pete, who was a lovely guy. Um, we had a great time um, with his Black Legion. And it wasn't... I think the list is probably fine into some things. It was um, had like Abaddon and eight Terminators with a minus one to wound. He had all the characters to buff it, um, but he had some Raptors. He had a Venom Crawler, a couple of Decimators, a couple of Hell Brutes. It was just a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he and I didn't realize this until after we'd started playing. And this was the second time it's happened when I played a Black Legion player. They've not measured out their deployment zone correctly or realize where their deployment zone is. <laughs> and so he mm. thought this left-hand ruin was off-limits, despite the fact that I put loads of stuff in mine. <laughs> so Eldar bullshit. So he'd started his Terminators in the back, and but I got to go first. And I whizzed forward. I killed all his cultists that he had. Um, I did what Eldar loved to do, which is sit on his... Um, uh, home field objectives so he can't start data scrying the, the middle objectives for the primary mm. and he had a lot of stuff in deep strike and i'm like right over to you mate <laughs> at which point he teleports his terminator blob over my side mm. shroud runners do what they do best and minus his charge yeah then fails yeah and at that point i'm like right this unit's got all its buffs on but I still feel like you can take it down. You, you absolutely do still rinse like, it, yeah. Sent a bunch of stuff over there, loads of shots, loads of income. I took it, I still only killed five, right? Mm. Um, but at the same time, I was my sniper was going pew, pew, picking up <laughs> some characters. Um, and Retreat Master ran across and picked. So I think I picked up two of the three of the characters in the first two turns. And that kind of just meant those buffs weren't there. He didn't have enough stuff, his shooting wasn't that big a deal. I was able to really grind on that primary and make sure he scored a zero on that. Mm. So, and it ended up finishing 100 points to 19. And I was able to kind of have that reassuring element in my game that I'm pretty sure I've got a 20 over here. And then Jack, as Jack says, Jack's also going, yeah, turn one, this is a bit dicey. <laughs> and I think Jack said that he kind of, had a turn two where he was like, right, you've given me a lot of things to kill. Or it might have been turn three. I'm going to see if I can kill him. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure Jack can fill this in, but Jack was able to take out quite a lot of stuff. And <laughs> Apparently, the World Eaters do a lot of damage. Yeah. World Eaters can kill lots of bikes. Um, so I managed to get the twin show, which was quite good um, to counter out. Jamie East 020. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we were kind of at at the time. Very nice. Alex, what was happening on the top meta showdown between Guard and Dark Angels? What happened here was Scribbo had some PTSD from some practice games we'd had. <laughs> I had used the cast again and just told his Desolation Marines to get out. Yeah. <laughs> out. So. What happened? <laughs> Scribble in the chat here. Yeah, saying so skip it. No, no. We're, so we're, I want the spin. In Data Scry on his back ruin box. Mm-hmm. Which, as anyone knows, you're not going to score primary from there with no, six inch move Marines. No. Which kind of just gave me the board presence needed to just hold him to zero primary until turn five when he went got bottom of turn. 
Okay. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's he's Scrubber then also gone behind enemy lines and used all three speeders to try and take out a Russ. Mm -hmm. Try. Okay. Multi melters into TA only. Yeah, they don't love it's it. Not, yeah. It's not a guarantee, which means that's another secondary down. So I can just kind of hold station, aided by the fact that apparently two mortar squads kill four desolation marines without line of sight. Yeah, that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts that that happened. Um, so that actually ends up then a 9744 and a 20 0. Very good. Finishing quite early enough in the round to send it out and go, look, we've got another big win here. Yeah, and it's uh, again, you start realizing why these top players like to mash people and then finish early because, again, it's very reassuring for your teammates if someone has managed <laughs> that. Like, if someone sat having 20 0s on me, you're like, oh, I would think you were a tosser if this was a singles event, but I'm actually very relaxed and, and relieved to know that you're getting results for my team here. And so, you do start to see it from, from their angle to an extent, and it's interesting in that sense. Um, and so I, I was next to Lee Jones, and so we had two games going at the same time. And as, as you say, in the early stages of that game, he's playing against Joe, who I know is a very good custodies player, who's beaten me twice at narrative events, the opportunist. Um, and Joe took the ball with all his terminators, all his uh, golden boys, his custodies. And Lee was looking at me like, <laughs> and I was I was looking over there and the problem I always have when I'm watching Lee's games when he's on demons is I don't know what's dead and what's in reserve. Like so you're looking over there and you're like, I can see Beast of Nurgle, they're not on the board. Like if they're dead, he's definitely screwed. And if they're coming in, he's probably actually gonna be okay because they do a lot when they arrive. Um but at the time that looked really rough, which meant in my game it looked rough literally immediately, which meant in my game against Jack, I was like, I have to be really, really full throttle. I mean, it also, as I say, everyone had been giving it a lot of chat about me and Jack and, and me me ending up losing um and, and looking like a Wally for trying to get the match up. So I was feeling under quite a lot of pressure. Um Jakari GSC is a weird one. I played it into Nicholas Willingay and he absolutely thrashed me. And I felt in that game that first turn was very big. I think first turn takes it from being a battle for a solid GSC win into a, a real whitewash. Um, and in this game, I got first turn, and that was massive, because essentially what I did was I, I quite often with Rustic Law, I keep one squad of Neophytes just on the ground, and they run, and then I use my redeploying turn one blob. And actually what I do on Data Scry is take both the extreme corners. So I've got Neophytes bottling up on both sides and obviously threatening to tag it and obsec it. Um, at the same time on Data Scry, I sent four bikers through, and they... Uh, killed some Reavers. I was basically just trimming all of um, Jack had picked Engage, so I was just trimming all of Jack's quick stuff on the edges and just like leaving him with nothing but his his most important units to come and play in those corners with. Um, so I killed some Reavers, but also crucially the bikes tapped onto the back objective, which meant he couldn't do data scry. Right. So what I did for the first couple of turns was just keep throwing stuff onto there yeah. to make sure that Jack couldn't do data scry because I was like primary difference in this it could be massive because he's on end of turn, he's going to get some points at the end. So I need to be shutting it down as completely as I possibly can in the early exchanges. And the nice thing about taking the corners with GSC is that in their efforts to come and deal with you, they tee up crossfire all over the place. It, it just it's on, on the missions where you can stretch play, GSC are really, really good because you're just going to get crossfire and exposed and plus one to hit on wound all the time. Um, and that was very much what was happening here. Jack fought back really admirably, kept pushing, kept chucking, um, chucking stuff forward, killing right through my stuff. It was a very bloody game. Lots and lots of stuff died um, on, all, on all sides. 
it was a very prolonged duel between like the patriarch and some uh, pure strains and some incubi and all the nasty uh, sort of Drakari characters in the middle that was really fun. Like that kept going down to like the last saves and units kept surviving and no one could actually really get a decisive advantage there for like two turns. So that was probably the most fun bit of the game. Uh, if you looked away from the joyless corners where I was just drowning the objectives in, in offset. Um, and so in the end that, yeah, that ran away on secondary game and, and primary most of all. Um, and Jack did manage to grab a bunch of points at the end, and so it was a 19-1. And I have to say, considering how strong and aggressively I'd started, I actually think staying in there and fighting and getting his one was 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 really important and really, really valuable and showed that Jack has got a sort of fighting spirit, um, even in a difficult situation. So, yeah, different game if he goes first and he can stage more stuff. Um, but as it was with the GSC getting the jump on the Dukari, it's, it is very hard for Dukari. I've, I've always found it to be when I've played it. Yeah, so... Um... We're kind of we're now bouncing our way back. So we've got yep. Alex on the twenty oh. Jack's performing I'm like keep getting updates from Jack and the score keeps bouncing somewhere between an eleven nine and a nine eleven and mm. it's all I think is this the game where Jack's opponent went on turn two? I think it's a fifteen five to me. Yeah, I think his I opponent yeah, predicted a fifteen five win. Never did. Um, yeah. And Jack was like, I don't think so and pulled out the twelve eight win. Like an absolute boss. <laughs> and then Lee dropped down his Beast of Nurgle. Yeah. And all hell broke loose. Yeah. Just killed his way through Wardens, didn't he? <laughs> just him and Bella, those and Bella Cor just went to town um, on the Custodies. And Lee managed to pull out a 10 10 draw. Yeah. It looked um, like they'd both had a proper experience. They were both knackered after that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so like, that was amazing, considering how the game kind of yeah. obviously felt to the team early for Lee to pull out the 10 was amazing. Early on with Dave, again, he was like, oh, someone said, oh, Dave. I went to Dave in like round one, oh, how's it going? He went, I failed gate every time so far. <laughs> he was in a good place. I was like, oh, no, Dave. But full credit to Dave, because he performed rather well in the mirror and pulled out an 18-2 win. In a mirror, that's impressive. But again, I guess the mission still bounces um, back and forth. Um, fuck you, Paul. Um, <laughs> and so we're all really happy. Um, Tom's got a 19-1. Um, I've got 20 Jamie's obviously a 0-20. Dave's on an 18-2. We've, got, we've just got lots of wins. Meanwhile, Paul is sweating his ass off against ed um in the eldar game and they're like looking it through when we go it looked the very intense didn't it and yeah. it was yeah it was really intense and obviously we didn't tell them that we had already won and this result didn't matter and they were fighting for every point um but yeah they they ended up drawing which is actually a really great result because i think um, so uh, Eldar list is good into Marines. Yeah. And Ed is a very, very strong player. Yeah. Ed's, been, Ed's been doing tremendously well in recent times, been winning a bunch of things. Um, and so, yeah, I think him and him and Paul Drawing reflects on, on Paul's quality. Um, it wasn't a four, was it, Paul? No, it wasn't uh, a four, Paul. What a let. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't have the score to hand here, but um, we won that game reasonably comfortably. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And our reward for that was Team Island. Yes. Yes. Um, who Internationals. Had, and who had flown over. They came 12th at um, WTC last year. 
That's very good. Somewhat competent. Yeah. Mm. They can Warhammer. But obviously they're training in training for WTC shortly and that sort mm. of thing. Um, so, yeah. And again, pairings, we actually felt went pretty well. Yeah, that's pretty happy. Um, I think not quite as well as our next game, but in this game, we kind of, I'm looking down the matrix and I'm going, we've got a lot of threes and fours here. And, Except for me. <laughs> I, yeah. I had a lot of ones. I was a protected puppy in that round. <laughs> yeah, so there was this thing yeah, where sometimes the guard were quite hard to pair and it was like, oh, there's only like one or two things that we can try and get Alex into. Mm. Obviously, there is the element that the opposition might well be seeing the matchup completely different. Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. But having said that, um alex's matrix was wasn't the prettiest here um which makes the next bit even more impressive but anyway after the dust had settled our pairings were gc the colt tom into tau tau yep matchup i was very happy with yep so we're happy with that one jack into it doesn't tell me here so i don't know what jack played maybe you can say in the chat I was into World Eaters. Now, I took World Eaters because I... Oh, yeah, Jack's playing into guard. Um, I um, was playing into World Eaters because I didn't want Grey Knights into World Eaters. I was like, I'm probably better place to handle it. But I hadn't played the matchup before. Yeah. Um, and it trust me, it was into Team Island's captain. Um, so that was always going to be a bit dicey. Um, Jamie was... <laughs> so we're, Jamie... Um, was of something in Jakari. I made an error here. I made an error. Because I, I, I remember Jamie's little face looking at me like, how's Death Guard Jakari? And I went, Jakari hate Death Guard. And this is true. This is absolutely true. Jakari hate Death Guard. Most Jakari lists run a bunch of lads doing melee with damage two. And they go into Death Guard and they fight last and they have minus one damage and they get massacred. So without looking at any lists, I was like, yeah, great matchup for Death Guard. Get him in there. So on my advice, Jamie went valiantly into the Drakari. Uh, but it was not your ordinary Drakari list. No, sir. It was Triple Ravager, Triple Reaper. So an absolute shit ton of damage 8, strength 4, D3 plus 3 damage flying at you for basically five turns because you're Death Guard and you can barely shoot back. Um, so, yeah, that didn't go quite as we anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I guess, I mean, a basic lesson we learned, and we did follow this through afterwards, was make sure you look um, and read all of the lists. But Oh, yes. That's the problem when you've only got 15 minutes between rounds. Which, yeah, um, we, well, we needed to do it before the event. And I mean, we? But the Tawny Keeper it's, as well, right? It's worth saying, didn't help. yeah, Tawny Keeper's yeah. shit to read lists off, and also half the teams hadn't even submitted lists by the time we were on our way there. So it was harder to do research ahead of time than normal. Jack Tight didn't read any lists and absolutely. We didn't right. need to give you a list, Jack. We yeah. just sent you up. Yeah. Jack went, just wrote three this. or fucking yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about round five a bit later, but yeah. <laughs> um so that's uh, that well, that that wasn't ideal. Paul um has gone into the Chaos Knights. Paul obviously always backs himself in, in any um in any game. Any situation. I know yeah. he was a bit like, Oh, Chaos Knights, but we're like, someone's gotta take him, no one else wants him. Yeah. <laughs> and we've managed to pair Alex into Monster Mash. How did you feel going in, Alex, about Monster Mash? I was concerned about Scarbrand because as soon as he touches my lines, it is game over. 
Mm. Bellacore with guns is not fun. <laughs> a phase cat bloodthirster flying at you is also not fun. Mm. Uh, and with the mission there, the, which I think was a scouring. It was the scouring. This was why your matrix was very shaky. Nice and close. Yeah. Um, and this was another lesson in reading lists again, where actually by the time you've put four monsters in, there's not a lot of space left for anything. Mm. So, so I'd put the one on the matrix because it goes wrong very quickly. Mm. Yeah. And on the scouring, he just stands behind a wall, and I can't stand on an objective. Yeah. So we've got a Alex on a one, which obviously is not a great pairing. Um, we've then got Lee into Iron Hands. Um, Yikes. We're like, we don't really know the Iron Hands into Demons game. Mm. Who knows? And then finally, we've got um, Dave's Grey Knights into Sisters. Now, obviously, they can have a five up to nine. But Dave's got a lot of storm monsters and stuff, um, and you know they can't keep making five up. So I guess the pairing was when from this. I guess now we've spoken through it. At the time, we felt kind of okay, but I think there's a lot of gains in the balance. Or yeah, not that great. And I think the nature of the round as well was just that we knew we were playing very good players. So I think I think that slightly colours how you think and feel about the matchups that you're getting, doesn't it? As well. Yeah, I think on. Um, if we take like the Jakaro game, we that that becomes a nineteen-one, yeah, or a one-nineteen. So Jamie gets absolutely smashed. Yeah, but actually on our matrix, we've got that as a four, or maybe yeah. even a five. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if they you know that sort of thing, it's just mistakes in analysis, which we'll, we'll get better at. Yeah, exactly. It takes time, and you know, and also, you're we've been up for at this point um, twelve hours. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd played at least three times as much Warhammer as I'd had sleep by this point. Yeah, exactly. we're very hot, we're very sweaty. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just it's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, Tom, do you want to talk us through town? Yeah, I'll talk through the tower. So I played against Zach, and Zach was lovely, very competent player, quite shy. And the funny thing with Zach that I really liked was that actually the harder the game got for him, the more he seemed to be enjoying it. He really perked up. I don't think he was sure what kind of a game he was going to get when he when he sort of rocked up to the table. And then by the end, when it was, it was real, like a real back and forth, he was having a great time. And he kept saying, like, this is such a fun game. I'm really, This is my favorite game of the day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Tau GSC is an interesting one. I've typically had the better end of tau gsc um but i think also that the industrial cult type builds tended to be more of a problem for earlier for tau when they first started doing the rounds than i would say rusty claw is i think rusty claw is a bit of a compromise that you have to take to deal better with space marines of different types and to deal better with artillery of different types that's why people have moved to rusty claw it's why i play it um but it's not as effective into tau i would say as, as perhaps the industrial cults is and the other crucial bit of tech here is that Zach has gone for Borkan. And this proves to be massive in this game because Borkan is minus one strength off of shooting weapons. Um, below strength eight, I think it is, but I don't know. I think it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Minus one strength. Which, which strength uh, you might remember, it was a very popular pick when Harlequins were doing the round with mass strength six shooting. Yeah. And it, it has the exact same effect on GSC, where it pips seismic cannons down from six to five, which means that they're much less reliable at hurting particularly crisis suits of different different flavors. So it's, it's a fantastic tech choice, um, and it was really, really good here. Um, now, in this game, we both line up, and we both want first turn, let's not lie, in this matchup. 
we both want first turn to start doing things and start making things happen. Zach's got like double riptides and crisis and then lots of mission playing, chaff, devilfish, breaches, pathfinders, crew, all that stuff. I go first and I kill all of that stuff. There is none, there is none of that stuff left. I'm like, all your mission playing, I'm going to eat that now. I run over with bikes. I run over with gene stealers. I redeploy neophytes. And by the end, I've killed every little foot lad on the board, um, except for some croup hounds and a shaper who are hiding in a corner, stopping me teleporting in there. Devilfish is blown up. Um, a lot of the lads inside have died getting out and they, and they lose a few more to morale um, and they get cleaned up in the, in the early exchanges of the next turn. So it's, I would say it's a it's a real hammer blow because it hurts the tower a lot because now he's going to have to work out how to play the mission things like aerospace etc with just his surviving assets um, and he's going to need to use them very very carefully. Luckily for Zach, and all credit to him, he was a careful fucking player. He was he played it beautifully. He basically abandoned the half of the board where I'd hit him hardest and just spent the entire game keeping his basically his whole army's back to one side whilst continuing to fire and fade and shoot and clear me out and whittle me down. Because obviously he outshoots me, right? When he gets a bead on me, he kills my stuff off like no one's business. And the neophytes come down, they do something, he picks them up. But he was very, very good at stopping me getting exposed angles for the rest of the game. Did a remarkable job, which meant my ambush score was actually really low because I was getting crossfire kills, but he was making it so I couldn't get exposed and because i'd killed all the light stuff early this actually ended up counting against me because i'd kill if i could have just farmed those assets later on i could have got my ambush score a little bit higher and scored some more points Um, and he was also because he used he used his crew shaper and he just put the focus on and because of the scaring pushes you close the kind of i didn't really want to be dropping into the deployment zone to be taking off more points on bruce swarm either because that felt like there wasn't anything useful or important to be doing with that and he was pressuring my objectives very aggressively and i was needing to hold on there and i was definitely holding on a bit jammily at times with leadership and regenerating neophytes and all those sorts of things so although i've hit him really hard and i put him on the back front back foot on his primary and shut him down for the first few turns he just hangs in there there's a couple of really crucial turns where one neobrit comes down bounces off of the crisis suits I've, I've whittled down all of the sort of defenses that they have in the turn before so it should be the turn that they go and then i just don't quite manage to get through them and also his cold star i, I get some guns into and just don't quite manage to drop him because some in runs get made or saves get made. i don't know if he's got an in run or not but um essentially i think those two moments mean that he just about has enough assets to pull the score back at the end so it's about a 12 8 for, for most of this game it looks like i'm going to score higher than that and it's going to be all right but he, he manages to get a lot of his secondary scoring done in the end um and brings it back and so i beat him 12 8 which i'm very happy with um but wasn't quite the most it could have been and is only because Zach was just tenacious and played super super well and he plays coc as well he was telling me rusted claw is his favorite we agreed rusted claw is the coolest one um, but he just did so well to just make my scoring really, really difficult across that game. So well played, Zach. It was a wonderful technical game. And we should probably rewind in time. So I've just totally forgotten this was the round where uh, mm. Tom was the, this final, was the final game. game. But that's all right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll catch we'll, that up. We'll, yeah, because we'll rewind and set the scene shortly. Yeah, set the scene. Um, <laughs> because Alex was done very quickly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I love this game. Yeah, I'd hit Dylan and. What happened was when you tell a command squad with Leontus and string everybody out to the entire deployment zone to tell them nobody comes within 12, <laughs> they only get half the Dave table to play in with a lot of reserves. Mm. It also helps when you go first and he's left two demonettes, the wads, and the two flash hounds able to be murdered by Kassakit. 
Ah, uh, yep. So once I killed everything that wants to raise a banner, run at me. <laughs> He's left with two monsters hiding behind a wall, and I think <laughs> one or two demonettes and a couple flesh hounds that had survived being shot. Mm. And suddenly that game becomes a very different proposition for me in that as much as I can't come out, he's now got nothing to play the game with. I've got yeah. lots of things in reserve for Boots. I get space behind him because he doesn't have the units to stay home. So Boots is going to score incredibly high. And then in his second term when he comes out, I have a fancy banner to say, you don't get phase caps. <laughs> So I can I can and do one shot the bloodthirster. Uh, also, the phase is... cap one. Hmm? Yeah, it was around the phase cap. Feel no pain, bloodthirster. He was the phase cap. And he had the so. scar brand as well. Yeah. yeah. But when I, I turned the phase cap, no, it came out. I don't think it even got a charge off. I think he failed a four, five, six inch charge, but only into like a random guardsman squad that I'd pushed forwards or something. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, fail that, and that gets picked up by the other squad of Kaskin after Belagor has had some fun with my other one that came in. <laughs> um, yeah, Belagor, of course, is then just stuck in the middle of the table because someone has to do warp ritual, and yeah. he's only got Belagor and a Keeper of Secrets to do this with. Um, so, yeah, it just ends up that I table him in three turns, pretty much. And, um, he clings uh, on, Reality Rebels, scores decently um like he does get his warp ritual i have nothing to stop that but i max my 97 points to his 58 so that's what 14 6 yeah. something yeah. like that 17 3 so 17 3. there you go i got great mass. result great result uh, and dylan massacred me with like light harleys when they were it was like the boats 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 zero he killed my jacari with them at last team's event i was up there so thanks for avenging me alex i appreciate yeah. that there you go. Uh, it's good. It's good to have a little bit of sweet revenge. Mm. Even through a proxy. Yeah. Um, so we've got um, Dave has kind of gone for, lost 14-6 into the sisters. Um, Paul lost 12-8 into the Chaos Knights, which is actually a really good result. Thank yeah. We're really happy with that. Um, Jay, I said Jamie's been blatted. Um <laughs> Jack is um, playing into the guard, and um, again, he's, yeah, it's like an 11-9, 9-11 kind of thing, but actually manages to break out the 14-6, as uh, Jack has wanted to do. Mm. Um, Lee plays out of his skin um, and grabs an 11-9 win, which was uh, really impressive into... Yeah. into I had. That was like, very nicely done, yeah. Sounds like Bellacore and the Beasts of Nurgle were um doing their doing the lord's work doing what they do and i was playing into um well the so i've not played this before i got first turn um and obviously so the things i know about world eaters are that they score really really well and you can't really stop their scoring uh, so he had two drop um claw, dread claws full of preservatives mm. two units to ten and then he also had angon and i'm like looking at his stuff and I'm like, it's not that much stuff I just get my death gesture into one of those 10 mans and you know I'll be fine. And I'm, as I'm playing this game, I'm like, there is definitely a world in which I can win this that game. And you know, we spoke about it afterwards, and he said he had it as somewhere between an 812 and a 128. Hmm. I think he's absolutely right. I think it's always in terms of player skill, if you're both if you both understand the matchup and you both play it as well as can be, I think the world eaters 
you know every game is around that kind of level mm. Mm. um for me the issue was so i got first and i was just remembering games where i've lost for being too aggressive i'm like right, well, i'll just screen out the dread claws and i'm happy for them to drop down in the middle because the berserkers get out charge my harlequin boats i run them away jobs jobs are good mm. So I set it all up. I've killed his spawn and some jackals. Like well, nine out of ten jackals are going to sit on a bloody objective so they can die and score more points. Love that secondary. Yeah. And uh, he drops the dreadclaws down, both in the middle. Great. And then he doesn't get them out. And I'm like... They're not a drop pod. You're not forced to get out. I was like, oh, shit. That causes a bit of an issue now. Because I've got Angron on my one of my home field objectives. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I've got to try and deal with Angron and these two Dreadclaws, and then the guys are going to get out and charge me. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> um, so the Incarn's kind of teleported over, and I've, the way it's worked is I basically end up focusing down one flank, and he's coming down the other. Mm. I don't really know what to do about Angron in this game. Don't really know what to do with the Dreadclaws. Like, what, I end up dropping one of the Dreadclaws. No one dies on the get out. And then he's like, oh, just remember that when you shoot my berserkers, they move and they can move into combat. I'm like, oh, no, I didn't realize, I didn't know. That. Well, once he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that, like, whenever they came out ages ago. So these 10-man berserkers quite easily just, you know, I shoot into them with something and suddenly they're just engaged with my, my screens. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is, I have not played this right at all. <laughs> they're horrible, aren't they? <laughs> And essentially the way the game goes is that he just denies me primary constantly. He just keeps mm. throwing stuff. And, and Angwan's just having a field day, right? um, smashing up whatever he wants. Um, and we scored pretty much the same on secondaries, but I only scored 17 on primary and he scored his 45. Mm. And that was, a dis that was a difference between us. So he won 15-5. What he said I should have done um, was screened out ahead with my bikes to really make sure those dread claws had to come down his deployment zone if he wanted to yeah. drop in turn one and then he comes and deals with um my screens with his more valuable stuff i kill his valuable stuff with my shooting and a bit of combat and by dealing with those things i'm then resetting those screens if he hasn't killed the dread claw if he hasn't mm. down the dread claws um and then i'm kind of getting to deal with his count with his charge rather than him getting to deal with me and at the yeah. end of the game you know he's got the invocatus and angron left basically is what all you've got left so i still had a reasonable amount the incarn unfortunately because i just didn't have places to teleport to the incarn had to withstand a charge of 10 or 9 berserkers and lived on one wound oh. but it doesn't do much on one wound with any <laughs> no, um but no was, joe was a lovely opponent like really like professional in his execution um but also really really nice and we had a really good chat um after the game and like, he's clearly a, an exceptional player and um it was an all-round fun experience really um playing island like we yeah. had really nice games I, they were they, look they were brilliant lovely i really, lads. really enjoyed playing them they were very lovely and friendly to us 
Um, they'd clearly cooked up some really interesting this, like that Dracari list is just pure innovation. I've just not seen someone, yeah. even yeah, I've never seen someone run that. Yeah, well. so, um, you know, the world is almost a bit different. Like, so yeah, all, all credit to them. They're a lovely bunch and we wish them well. And the the frustrating thing was that, you know, I guess halfway through, a bunch of us have lost. They've just gone off to have a shower, get ready for food and that. And, you know, we've got a few close wins and stuff. We're not really paying attention to no. the actual overall score. I think we assumed that we'd lost quite a while before we had. Yeah. And so yeah. we kind of go off and we're like, it's quarter to nine. Our table's booked for quarter to nine. Some of us still have it. So we go and um, we leave Tom to his own devices. And Tom obviously grinds out the 12 8. Yeah. At which point, if you remember correctly, we said that an 86 is what you need to win and the 12-8 yeah. is what they needed to yeah. get. Their captain comes over and cuddles Zach and goes, that an 8 is what we needed. And they, they were yeah. delighted. They were very chuffed. Zach was very chuffed. And it was uh, it was mixed emotions. I think I just assumed we were so much more out of the round than that myself. I think we all quite, did. Quite a while before that. Um, and then, as you say, because everyone else had gone home, I assumed that everyone else had looked and that that was the case. Um, and this is one of those things where, again, it's very easy to look back over and go, oh, I'd have done differently. But actually, I think, as I say, the crucial moments in this game were me killing all of Zach's utility at the start and then not being able to farm it for other points and then probably not choosing to... I needed to get a couple of things into his deployment zone and, and just lose them as assets in the battle. And then my secondaries are a bit higher and then it's probably enough. Um, but Zach played like an absolute maniac to stop me getting those easy points as well. So it's... It's one where I don't know. I think I think Zach was such good value for his eight, um, but I also didn't know that I was scrapping around to try and, you know, maybe try and get one more point and get us over the line to a draw. Um, but that's that's one as you know, as you say, we were knackered. It was it had been a really hostile environment in there in terms of the heat, and we were all a bit exhausted. So and I was I was just as ready for for food and bed as anyone else. So I think we chalked that one up. And when we're, when we're sort of out with our out to try and make make a mess in the future. We won't we won't be uh, letting the team go back before we we know how the rounds ended. <laughs> yeah, and it's just all it takes is um, someone just to be adding up the scores on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And knowing what sort of things we need. What's well, that team coach role they have as the ninth player? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. But the Jack the Jack Chapman, scores, if you will. <laughs> just tells everyone what's happening. Absolutely, yeah, completely. Um, yeah. Still a cracking round though. Really, really. Yeah, really it. good. And then we went and ate lots of food. Oh, so much. A lot of chicken was consumed, as yes. is our way, yes. as is convention. <laughs> and Bailey's, we Bailey's. Oh, I didn't get the Bailey's because I had to go to the uh, yeah, Um But we had found out our pairing. We did. And the issue with when there's only 10 teams is that <laughs> everyone plays each other quite quickly, especially yep. near the top end. So we were sitting fifth at the time and we got paired into Wales because Wales yep. played second, third and fourth already. Yeah. Um, so we got paired into Wales. Now, obviously, Wales, are, you know, WTC team, both strong. Um, look down the lists, and we're like, mm, okay, yeah, there's. Well, <laughs> it's quite funny. The first half of our matrix we went through the first half. And it was just a sea of like ones and twos. Yeah, it looks so bad, and uh, it was awful. And then when we got to some of the other lists, we started to kind of come up with some, a few more like threes and the odd four, but. You could see, I think we were probably a bit battle shocked to yeah. um, perform like just we our confidence maybe. Was slightly, you know? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but we knew they had space rules, and we had no answer to space rules. No. 
um, and we knew they had some other stuff, and we kind of we 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 did the matrix, but um, we didn't really have that much of a plan. We started talking about it a bit more on the morning, and we knew that we were going to start with Tom. Yeah. Um, and did we do that in the end? Yeah, we did. Okay. Like, and... I was I was keen to get the space rules if I could because I felt like yeah. I could at least shave some points off that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but then we just started like reading. One thing we didn't do, and I guess it was just because it's a bit too intimidating. We didn't massively think about what we thought they would lead with mm. um, across the game. But this time we were like, they've got to lead with Necrons, haven't they? Because they've got this Necron list, which is 197 wounds. Yeah. And we're like, well, it's just going to be Necrons. That's got to be their defender. That is clearly a Who kills that. Like. Yeah, like it's just so it's just gonna score well. We're like, right, who wants to play into it? And Jack's like, well, I will molt through that. <laughs> he really wanted to. So didn't he? whatever you put down with me, they will choose. And we're like running through this, and then suddenly we're just like, the Grey Knights get into Necrons. And yeah, they might be actually. Yeah. Um. So we're like, we'll put down Grey Knights and Necrons. And I think in this game, we pair incredibly well yeah i think we nailed it um i think everything went <laughs> so, do you remember? so we put down gsc and they put down orcs and gsc and we're like oh shit <laughs> tom has looked at the gsc list and gone this is a really bad gsc list yeah. for me. it's like yeah. a really bad mirror it's so, it's the industrial cult and it's the mini transhuman which just yeah. means he shoots better than me and he's harder to wound than me which means if we go head to head with the same units i'm just not going to kill him as well as yeah, he's going to kill me we're immediately <laughs> like fuck they have completely done us in here we yeah they've like, nailed it i was GSC. like this is literally my nightmare <laughs> yeah oh they've completely outpaired us round one and then we go, well, we'll just have to take the GSC. And they go, oh, shit, we've put down <laughs> the wrong pair, the wrong card. <laughs> we didn't mean to put down GSC. We went meant to put down World Eaters. And we're like, oh, well, I mean, we don't mind if you want to change that. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh. I'll be a well, sport. I'll take the World yeah. Eaters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you really insist, then, <laughs> I mean, you guys should be better, you know. You should have made us yeah, better. honestly, international. You, know, you are practiced at this, <laughs> yeah. it's all fun and game, guys. You know, we'll let you off this one time <laughs> secretly going, Thank fuck because <laughs> and obviously, the guy hadn't read the lists at all, so um, oh, we got it sort of around. So, Tom got paired into world eaters, but yeah. overall, as I said, the pairings actually went really well. Um, so Jack is playing into um, Custodes. Um, Paul's playing into Gene Steeler Cult, which he really wants to play into. I'm playing my Yanari into Orcs, which I've actually smashed by previously, but I, I feel like I learned a lot from that game and I think it can be playable. Um, they've got Jukari, and we're like, whoever plays into Jukari needs a big win here. Yeah. Um, and that job is given to Alex. Yeah. Um, well, this is interesting. Okay. Um, Dave goes into the Necrons. And um, their Space Wolves go into... I think it was uh, Lee who got the Space Lee. Wolves. Yeah. Lee, yeah. We was like, sorry, Lee, mate. Lee got under the bus. Right. Under the bus, yeah. Well and truly under the bus. Um, Tom's got the World Eaters. Yeah. And um, the 
Astra Minotaurum of the guard. Ash Loftus, who's a very good player, is playing into Jamie with Death Guard. Yeah. And we're just like, look, Jamie, you're taking the guard for us. Just do what you can, please. Yeah, and keep it. Keep it Jamie's actually a very good player for being thrown under the bus or into a bad. Oh, it, look, his, his mentality is absolutely flawless. His mental, he, he never complains, or when he does, it's just a joke, and he yeah. just keeps going back in for more, doesn't he? Like, I yeah. think he's, I think he's got yeah, the perfect, yeah, perfect, 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 perfect mentality. Take the team. Yeah, can't yeah. fault his mentality at all. I think he's wonderful. And when he teams. actually listens to you and does play defensively, <laughs> it can actually work. Um, Absolutely. So Dave kicks off and he's going pretty well. The result here says 16-4 to Necrons, which wasn't the result. What? So I don't know what's going on here. There's been some weird typings in the result here because Dave actually won. Yeah, game. Dave did win that game, yeah. Yeah, Dave So I don't know why it says 16-4 to Wales. Interesting. Uh, I remember Jay. looking at the margin afterwards and thinking that's not what happened. Yeah. Um a bit of controversy. Six Wales versus oh, Wales. Good, goodness Live gracious. Oh, yeah, let's have some beef with Wales. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jamie lost 14-6, which yes, was actually like, was really good. He he uh, capitalised super well. There was a, a one, one slightly off turn of shooting from the guard and he was able to get some stuff into places and make that a lot more trouble than it was going to be before that. So I think he did that really well. Yeah, no, that was really good. Lee... As we kind of expected, got 20 owed. Yeah. Um, Which is sad. He's, you know, is what it is. You take it on the chin. Yeah. Paul um, playing into Gene Steel. He's beaten Gene Steel before. He managed to do that again. He won 11 9. Yeah, that's close, to be fair. Um, although yeah. again, the GSC player told us he took seven points. He, that was in his exact words on a comment. So again, that was a that was a 13 7, I think, that game. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, What's going two, on here? Two <laughs> have we been, have we been done out of points? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jack Tight, um, of course, delivers the 11 9. Yeah, Jack Tight is so consistent. He's <laughs> remarkable. Machine. Yeah. Um, and then that just leads, leads us three. So I played into um, Ben with his orcs. Ben was like a true gent, very lovely, very keen to show you this. Um, Basically, his armor is all grots and converted grots and stuff, um, mm. along with all the orcs. So it was like a death skulls pressure list kind of thing, but yep. it, a control list, I guess, more. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. When I played with the last time, um, the guy was like, you were too aggressive, you should have held off. And this time, Ben was like, you weren't aggressive enough. Mm. Um, this is a hard one to judge. I made a few like quite good moves. I thought I went first again for the fourth time in a row. Um, and I made some nice blocks and stuff. I knew they didn't turn out to be blocks. There were a few movement issues in this game, um, and just like stuff like, oh, you can't, you can't really consolidate in that direction because there's other stuff in the way. Yeah. Basically, I tried to put a block off um, with two units so you couldn't disembark out through. And he was like, oh, I think I can fit through this gap. I hadn't declared my intent that I was trying to block him off. So then we went to like measure it and then the terrain got knocked. Mm. So suddenly the gaps widened and now you're never going to return it to where it was. If I had said, right, I'm consolidating here to block you off, then I would have felt well within my rights. Like, no, you can't fit through the gap. Mm -hmm. But because I hadn't, it kind of just becomes a bit awkward, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and what that meant was he was able to get out a big blob of stuff into some shroud runners that I had positioned on an objective to be completely safe. Um, I didn't have enough pressure on the left-hand side. Uh, what was the mission? 
This was secure missing out of patch with the yes, moving objectives. Yeah. Move the, um, he'd got to move the first objective out wide, which was a shame, really. Um, I actually made a mistake with the objective I moved. I moved the wrong one when it came to my turn. Um, so that's a bit silly. Um, but he played it really well. He was just very loose with the movement. Mm. And um, it just becomes a bit awkward, doesn't it? When you keep saying, are you sure that's 18 inches? Because it, yeah. it looks a lot like 20-something. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. when you're playing a combat player, that is always one of the most frustrating things. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, but no, he was still a lovely guy. Um, and he said he had it as a two on his matrix. So I should have won that, but I lost <laughs> it. I'm still not entirely sure it's that. Maybe it is, I don't know. Um, I think, I I think orcs can always put the absolute shutdown on someone. They've always got when that Death Stars list plays the primary well. Sort yes, of thing exactly well. Exactly Keeps taking that. your primary off. Yeah. yeah, which is exactly what he did, and I couldn't really kill him quickly enough. Um, so because the objective was moved out, I was only ever scoring really a four, and he kept putting multiple units on his out of area objective. So it also meant I then wasn't scoring the three for my secure missing artifacts objective because that was off out to the side. Of the, I didn't put enough stuff over there. So I didn't get it right at all, but I felt like I played better than the results suggest, if you see what I mean. Nice. Um, so yeah, how about um, you, Tom? So I had World Eaters, and I was very confident in World Eaters because I've played it a lot now, and it was another another sort of relatively familiar list. This one had Angron and the Pod, so some more tech for dropping stuff in. Um, and this was a real, a real game of two halves because I nailed the start of this game. I absolutely nailed it, and I... This is a, I played a lovely chap called Tom, who I believe has been in and around Team England at different points. I think he's been playing a very long time, quite an old hand. Um, and we had a lot of fun with this cheeky chappy, I would describe Tom as. He's been he's been in, been in this world a long time. Um, and I felt like I had the early exchanges of this really well because I'd placed the Clamavus on one flank, so he couldn't drop his pod on my side objective, which is what he was looking to do. Um, I was very well positioned in terms of he that he got first turn and all my blitz was set up really nicely to spring a big counter offensive. I blew up the pod. He lost a bunch of berserkers getting out of it. I yeeted pure strains up the middle of the board and took his back objective turn one. So I did a whole bunch of things I was very happy with. And then in the next couple of turns, again, kept shutting his primary down and playing well. But I think the issue I had was that I was getting carried away. I felt like I was playing better than my opponent. I felt like I was in a good position in the matchup. And then I stopped pragmatically assessing what I needed to do in the game and it's about midway through that game I needed to switch off of shut him down go on the offense to I've got a points lead I need to keep assets back and stay alive because I'm also end of turn and that's not going to matter if all my stuff is dead and I can't push to get that primary advantage at the end which I and so I'd, I'd got a bit too close lost a few too many assets continuing to slug for his side of the board in about turns three four which I shouldn't have done should simply have kept that stuff back um, and I also probably had a good opportunity to go for Angron and knock Angron out and opted to carry on killing the other stuff. I'm very allergic to killing Angron because I hate killing stuff that can potentially come back. Um, but at that moment in the game, actually looking at it objectively, Angron was the only thing that was going to be able to cover that ground and get over there and smash up my backfield at that moment in time. The other stuff would have taken at least a turn. Mm. Um, so I should have gone for Angron. I absolutely should have, have taken him out at that moment in the game and then kept stuff back and played to try and snatch a 12 at the end. There was a very funny moment. My, I say my, my turns 1-2 went so well. Tom just looks at me and goes, 10-10 and go to the bar? <laughs> <laughs> And at that point, I'm like, no, nah, I'm taking this, man. I'm going to keep going. Um, but as it was, uh, I ran out of puff. And Tom, 
um, pushed up very well. I still kept his primary down all game, but again, his secondary game is very strong. The GSC secondary game is a little worse now that it's been um, nerfed. Bruce Swarm, you really feel that not being an auto 15 these days, that does make a huge difference to them. Um, and so he pipped it. I think it was just on the threshold and he just managed an 11-9 to him. So he, he did great staying in the game when I'd, I'd been in the Ascension and I needed to adapt better. And probably my own confidence got the best of me in that one because I'd been winning all weekend. And I was like, ah, I'll just win another one. It's fine. Um, and I learned my lesson. <laughs> so that was an 11-9. So we just yep. finished with Alex, who's been tasked with a big win. Go on, Alex. I have. And... It's a Drukari list that's the sort that I quite like to get into. There's <laughs> okay. not as much fast stuff. There's not really there isn't the anti-sang consists of two dark glances and Drazar. Yeah, that's not gonna do it. That's that's yeah. the end of their anti-tank. Yeah. So I get to go first. We got I managed to pull the objectives, so it's so you've got the one on the big L that ends up slightly closer in the open for both of us, and then the two side ones. Go in the corners, and that suits me absolutely fine to start playing the Hannah Banners. Problem is that Lehman Russes get a plus one to hit, and Venoms are negative, and there's a woods in the middle of the table. Mm. So there's always this annoying Venom that keeps living, as well do. as the Hemoxites that are just towing onto the objective when I can't put enough into it to actually knock his primary off, despite it being in the open across the table from me. Yeah, Moxite's a god tier. That's so um, And if I decided to just screw the venom, just let it go, and just kill the Hemoxites, I'd probably end up knocking his primary off. Mm. As it is, like I get to go first again, so that's four and four for the first turn as well. <laughs> He's got a Lehman Rush with Heavy Flamers, and the um, Cassie can come, take his home object, his um, side objective, and just almost leave everything there, which... Kills his banners. He, I killed all of his things that he wants to do behind enemy lines with, as well. Mm. But just can't knock his primary all game. So I score almost everything I physically can. But he's just clinging on to that primary score. So mm. it ends up a ninety-six, seventy-six. It's a by a point. It's a thirteen-seven. And if that damned venom had died, I'd have got something like a fifteen-five or sixteen-four. Mm. Well, it's funny because on here it says you won 17-7. Uh, oh, that's an impressive one out of 20. Yeah. <laughs> so well done, 17-7 win. Yeah. Uh, Who put the scores in for this last round? Their captain. Sounds like he just guessed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I could have done too much different there. Like just yeah. dice, a little bit of... Could have gone a bit more cutthroat, but you give you give the Dark Elder a little bit of an inch and they suddenly end up charging you, taking all the infantry off, and they're in your home field stopping you, stopping my banner score. So I have yeah, to yeah. just hold a bit further back than I want to. Hmm. So, um, I don't know what the end score was, but we lost. We did lose. I don't think this one was <laughs> close. I don't think this one was close, was it? I think we had a couple of wins, but not enough um, across the board. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and <clears throat> so we're sitting at one win, one draw, 
and two losses now. But two losses at oh, yeah. the international team. So. Yeah, which is kind of what you'd expect. Certainly up until this weekend, definitely what we would have expected. Yeah. I think having played them now, I'm like, oh, let's do it again because I think yeah. absolutely we're in those games. A little games. bit more practice. We are right, right, we are now, right, right, right in those games, yeah. <laughs> which is quite a nice feeling. So we, in our final game, we got drawn into some Yorkshire lads. Yes. Um, Yorkshire Coast Raiders. And this was really interesting. So Yorkshire Coast Raiders had a bit of an issue. Yeah. They only had six players. Yeah. So well, the way this works is you can kind of use your uh, use your pairing. You still you get to place the cards down for do. the players that aren't there, essentially, exactly. right? So you're getting to use those players to try and draw out bad um, or to draw out the matchups you want to try and remove, I guess, yeah. and try and um, generate good matchups elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But obviously, at the same time, you're going for you're starting 14 0 down, yeah. which is less than ideal. Yeah. So, we it's really hard. So, you kind of we didn't have time to do our matrix, so we had like two thirds of a matrix. Um, and we're just trying to think, like, who do we who's got the bad matchups in this game? Yeah. And who can we kind of, who's like... <laughs> I mean, with their ability to take some of our teams out, though, it's not actually that hard for them to get a couple 20-0s on No, that, that's exactly back, it. Right? Yeah, you can definitely win these rounds. Exactly. Um, and they had done. That. They've yeah, won yeah. two rounds so far. I think, one, they yeah. had an extra player to help with. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they've won two rounds. Um, so we, we just kept throwing out Death Guard. <laughs> <laughs> Just take away Jamie. <laughs> Poor Death Guard. He's taken the hit. Yeah, exactly. Like, Let's let Jamie finish in style with a 20 Just keep throwing him out. And they're like, no. Take Jamie back. They're like, we quite fancy you playing into Yeah, death we'd guard. love to play the Death Guard. Yeah. Um, so the first one we lose is. So I think, first of all, we threw out Grey Knights and Death Guard. And um, they took the Grey Knights out of the equation. So the Grey Knights are now gone. Yeah. And we keep pushing. And they've got, you know, they've got some matchups which are... They've got bloody Chaos Knights again. Oh, and God. And they keep not showing that off. They've got Guard again. And we kind of just lead to a situation where we get some okay pairings. But I haven't filled out the Matrix, but they've just kind of gone with the gut. So we've got Grey Knights into their... Their Necrons, which actually we would want anyway. Mm. Um, but so that's a 20 0 win. So well done, Dave. Well played. Um, eventually, the way the pairings work out is that Alex doesn't get a pairing with his guard. Yeah. Um, they, they had a choice of Chaos Knights into Death Guard or Imperial Guard. And there is a definite preference if you're the <laughs> Chaos Knights player. <laughs> As to which of those you pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so that means Alex got a 20 0 win um, later uh, in theory. In <laughs> the sisters. Whoop, whoop. Um, it counts as a 20 0, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Undefeated all weekend. Yeah. Their Ultramarines player chose me. Yep. And it was a shooty Ultramarines list. So yep. I was pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're like, right, Jack, put this to bed, mate. You're going to go into Tau. Stop being a pussy. <laughs> go get a 20 Yeah. You, we were kind of talking ourselves up because we were sort of like, it's the end of the day. We want to try and finish as high as we possibly can, which means we need points in this round. And we were all sort of talking to each other like, shall we just 
absolutely go for it. And Jack, who had been very beautifully and elegantly getting those narrow wins whenever we needed them all weekend, we were like, just go and just see. Like, if you tell me, I'll go. I will do it. I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go for it. I'll go for we it. We were like, we were like, just go, go for it. Just go. go absolutely you go. Four games. Fill... You're just trying to hold back. Yeah, go and fill your it's boots. It's your turn. So he got Tao, and he went off to try and do that. Um, Lee went into guard. Guard, indeed. Which he didn't really want. No, and as we said, Jamie. Um, oh, so Jamie went into um, Chaos Knights, and Paul went into Custodies, and it was yes. like an MSU style, just a little Emperor's bit. Chosen, yeah. That, I was quite keen for that. Then we have Tom Big Balls GSD. <laughs> yeah, like give me those damn Tyranids. <laughs> I want to eat my daddy. I was very keen to have the Tyranids because um, it's a matchup that. I mean, this is this is obviously if anyone remembers Innes's flirtation with GSC earlier on in the edition. The main reason he was doing that was they have a very nice matchup into Tyranids, which were a big deal at the time. So even when Tyranids were very strong, GSC had a good game into them uh, for a whole bunch of mathematical reasons, which we can talk about later with the game. Um, but yeah, so I was keen for that, and yeah, I'd had a bit more of a weekend of getting nice matchups for myself this time. That's not my usual, not been my usual. But I, I think in this one they did choose me though, right? Did they not? Put, oh, they no. put the they put the Tyranids up for me. Yeah, they gave you the choice of Tyranids or something, and you were like Tyranids. <laughs> like, it didn't matter yeah. what the other one was at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck the team. I want to kill Tyranids. <laughs> what happens? And uh, did you oh, beat dear. the Tyranids? Did I beat the Tyranids? Um, I played Ben, who was actually an excellent Tyranids player. Really, really good. Could tell after the first few moves. There were a couple of surprises in this. It was double Malacept Tyranids, so I was a bit like, ah, psychic, mort <laughs> psychic mortals. Like, zone throat, neurothrope, double Malacept. Like, okay, there's a quite a lot here that is actually quite terrifying to me. Um, but he just doesn't have enough stuff, and I have a ton of stuff, and I hit him too much on my terms in this matchup. That's very much how it goes. He got first turn, meant he had to be aggressive. He ran both the flanks and he also put like his neurothrope and his zone throats in the middle. That's bait. He very much wants me to come and try and deal with the zones and the neurothrope, bounce off invuns. I completely ignore the middle. I play both flanks. I kill the Maliceptor on one side, kill the Carnifex on the other. He does do the, the Tyranid special of getting some Gaunts back and getting a 12 um, because I can just never judge how many guns I need to kill Gaunts. Um, but then in his turn, he pushes... He, having lost some of those flank assets, he then basically has to put all his valuable stuff front and center on the different sides to fight the game. And this is really funny because at exactly that moment, he takes his turn two and he just starts rolling a cigarette. <laughs> just like with the sort of it with the manner of a man who's about to be taken into the woods and, and put <laughs> and put down. And I was like, Do we do you want to go for a for a break? And he was like, Nah, do this. <laughs> And, and then we'll go. And so, like, 60 neophytes come down, all the big bugs go, all the little bugs go, and he's sort of scrapping with a hive tyrant on one flank, um, and neophytes are gradually just bibbling their way over to take his backfield. And But the, the best bit of this game is every leadership test I had to make, I rolled a one, literally every single one. I think I made five, five on ones. The first, the first one I rolled was like, I'm going to roll a one, and I rolled a one. And that set the scene because I rolled a lot yeah. of ones. And then he was like, he was like, 
uh, I think you're cheating. I wasn't cheating. <laughs> um, no, he was, he, we, we had a lot of fun with this. Ben was really actually probably the funniest person I played all weekend. I really liked Ben. Um, but I also, every time I re- needed to regen neophytes, it was like five, six, get as many special guns back as you want. So just even he was, he was in a rough spot and then I just basically, the dice just decided I was going to have everything I wanted for the whole game. Um, except, except for the neurothrope, right? Except the neurothrope, right? Which is one to the middle. This, which was yeah. amazing. <laughs> so the neurothropes come to the middle. It's done warp ritual twice. The second time it does it, it perilses. So it does three wounds to itself. So the neurothrope's got two wounds. He casts Catalyst on it. So it's got a three up in run, five up feel no pain. And I shoot an entire army at it. And I do one wound. <laughs> Not even joking. It's the entire army here. Yeah. Like just every shot. Every gun, I charge it with 20 neophytes. They're all clubbing it, trying to finish it off with their little fists. And it just will not die. It just will not die. It goes one-to-one with the Neos for like another turn before finally... It's not even one-to-one. It actually kills more of them. It it does kill more of them than they kill of it. And it's just remarkable. Um, And then we have this lovely break outside. It's chucking it with rain. We're getting absolutely drenched to like talk about our lives and where we're from and stuff. And it was just, it was, I think for me, it was the most like Warhammer experience game of the whole event, right? It had all of it. It was silly. It was funny. There was some ludicrous stuff happening. Um, And we both had a lot of laughs and and really got to know each other. So I said, best game of the weekend for me by a mile. So thank you, Ben. Lovely. Alex? I had a lovely game where I got to stand around, chat with Scrubber, and play at being a coach. And that was actually really helpful. Um, I think this game kind of what we've spoken about on Sunday morning was just that level of communication, just a lot more like when it's not your turn, just have a check in um, with everyone and just let mm. you know how it goes. And what's really helpful is when you've got Dave and Alex patrolling, like between Alex sending updates on how each game is going. It just gives you that good, um, like that impression. Is that, do I need to push for another couple points, or actually, can mm-hmm. I just hold it safe, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that was, you know, that was just that was just really helpful and just kind of adds that level of, like, if you do want to be taking teams seriously, actually, it's really, really helpful to, mm. to have that. Um, it's not a role to sniff that. No, I think it's actually invaluable. I think teams that have them do very well. No wonder the top teams do it. Mm. Uh, who knew? Something there. Um, and my final game was again. I kept playing team captains. Was into their captain James with his ultramarines. Which had lots of dreadnoughts, Gilliman, and that sort of thing. Um, and I didn't get to go first, which was really shame because I had a lot of lovely charges. Um, <laughs> my striking scorpions were going to go straight into those desolators. Oh, that would have been so we're good. We're playing the bombs oh. mission, aren't we? So lots yeah, of little yeah. actions everywhere. Yeah, that didn't help the tyrannies either. <laughs> yeah. Tag a bunch of dreadnoughts. Oh, I was going to be as glorious. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do that. But oh, then he's like, I can't really see anything. Unfortunately, he could just about see my wave serpent with one contemptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd seal a voast, whatever it is. My, yeah, yeah. my wave yeah, serpent yeah. was his cho- choice. And um, that died immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, Welcome just, to Ultramarines. Yeah. This is quite painful. Anything, obviously, that um, anything that was out in the open did die. Um, he, I was a bit annoyed. He kind of managed to knock me down to a four turn two. Just that was just slightly poor positioning my by my part. But I was always very in control of this game. Um, and it was just how big a margin could I develop 
and um, managed to kill Ginnaman turn two, and he didn't get up. Just Death Jester. Pew, pew. Death Jester. The, the Death Jester killed Gilliman. Yeah. What? One on one shot. I, okay. Yeah, I've yeah. Done some mortals to Gilliman with rangers like turn one. Mm. Uh, I've got so many shots of you snipers, do. which as soon as I've got a wound, I can just make it mortal. Yeah, you can like really wire grenade to help contribute because uh, you didn't really screen out Gilliman. Um, and yeah, the Incarn did come out to play till turn four. Mm. Crazy. Um, and yeah, I won that one 14 6, but full credit to James for like ticking over with some little things. And when he got the redemptors into the middle of the board, they obviously took a little bit of a little bit of shifting. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was uh yeah, Eldar's last ever run out. Well, it was a very 10th edition game, really. That seal of oath is the space marines, but instead of a once per game thing, you now do it every single turn and snipers are back. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. You'll and get yeah. to play games like that again. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Cypress just get. Oh, there's a character. Boom, dead. There's a yeah. character. Boom, dead. And because he, I was able to um, kill the the Psychers that obviously made War Ritual a lot easier. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but no, very enjoyable game. And uh, yeah, we ended up obviously winning that pretty comfortably. Um, Lee was the final tough one to finish, and um, he. Managed to grab a 15-5 win into yes, the card. He did. Which was awesome. Noblings love to bad touch a rogue all. Yeah, there was a lot of bad touches going on in that game. They didn't finish either. I think Lee would have been good value for a greater margin if they'd finished the round. Yeah. Um, um, the Jack Tight story, though. Let's do it. Jack yes. Tight. So Jack Tight is their, like... Well, I, I did actually get towards the game. So, Tom, you were next to it, weren't you? Jack Tight, yeah. So Jack Tight... It's worth saying, my, my nids player... The quality of Ben as a player was such that he turned what absolutely is a 20-0 into an 18-2 by just, again, fighting tenaciously the whole way through the game. And again, he was really enjoying it, even though it was a massively one-sided situation. So all credit to him. I respect players like that. Um, on the other table, I've got Lee Bad touching the guard to the right of me. And on the left, Jack Tight has deployed hyper-aggressively, ready to go with the Tau. He's got the Lord Invocatus. He can pre-game move if he wants. Tau players there. Jack rolls a six to go first. World Eaters can fly up the board. All the screens go right away. He's yo-yoing through them. He did say after the game, he was like, I sent my eight bound through the screens. With hindsight, I could have just done that with Berserkers and not, <laughs> not traded all my eight bound into their shooting. Um, but basically, he just boxed the tower in a corner and just kept battering them until they had no points and the game was over. It was amazing. It was so angry and so aggressive. <laughs> all that pent-up rage. That yeah. Jack you think Jack's quiet? So much anger. Yeah. But it was that was that's how I think in my head that's how world eaters play, right? Even though actually whenever I play them, it's this techie, cagey, primary careful Throw game. Out Throw out your one berserker squad. I don't God, heaven forbid you send two. Um this was full send, and it was nice to see full send <laughs> at the end of the day, just absolutely mulching through these towers. Yeah, I come up I come over a couple of times. First time he's kind of just he's got the overbound the cast in the middle, it's like I post in the chat. We could go either way, we need to see what the towel do. I come back at the end of the next turn and there's just world eaters everywhere. <laughs> Except for the spawn, which are holding out for the cold stuff. There's three yeah. spawn in his side of the table and then the rest of the army is just in the tower deployment zone. So good. So aggressive. Um, it was a bit humiliating. Apparently a bunch of tower did like six wounds or some fallout six wounds to Lord Infocartus in combat. Yeah. Really embarrassing. But, uh, no, he's, all, he's all about boosting movement. He doesn't know how to fight. Yeah, no, no, no clue at all. 
Um, but Jack said he was going to get a 20 and he got a 20 Yeah. Hero. Yeah. It's um, quite, quite fun to play with such reckless abandon. Yeah. Shout out to Jamie East for grabbing his first win of the weekend into the Chaos Knights matchup. Yeah, that's, that's good. See, we've nailed it because he's got through one of our worst possible matchups. And he did it by, whilst taking Engage, which just Hero plays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and finally, we have Paul, who I think was just, he was just having a chill game. Yeah. Just a fun time into the Custodies. Um, he lost 5 15. He said he made a few sloppy mistakes, but he didn't. He was just doing. Sending Azrael in and just having a fun time. And oh, that's nice. That's good. Obviously, it didn't, it. it didn't really matter in grass. That was yeah, lovely moment where this last surviving blade guard went in and took out the blade champion. Just oh, amazing! Walked in, took him out. That's so good, getting the big shot. Probably died to quite contempt to Galatus. Oh, that's great. That sounds yeah. like a fun game. Now, they were a really nice team to play. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's also just to, I know I'm shouting out Ben a lot, but Ben hadn't lost up until that point. Ben was on a four game win streak for the weekend. He'd been absolutely it's smashing it. That's it. Don't underestimate him. I say Ben Ben was a very good player with them and, and had certainly set himself up to be a really scary prospect into quite a lot of lists with those mortal wounds. Fair play. So, yeah, um, after all that, all that hard work, where, where uh, you play 10 teams. <laughs> Ten teams, fifth. Solid fifth. right in the middle. Right in the middle. Pretty average. Very average. Pretty well, you look average. at the overall score as well, right? It's a, it's a two win. It's a two loss and a draw. <laughs> two one two. Yeah, I might call it. Oh, just perfect. Bang average. Perfect, perfectly average as all things should be. You are welcome. Just, just nailed it. We didn't want to let our fans down. We know that we've got a listenership who expect us to be bang average, and we were very careful to we, curate uh, our results to get that outcome. Delivered on our mediocrity. Yeah, that's uh, it. You're welcome. But no, I mean, to be fair, our two losses were to the two international teams. That's it. And we were so close, especially in the island game. We were so close. Yeah. One point um, from drawing the island game, two points from a win in, into Leeds yeah. or Consorts. So, yeah, um, still feeling very positive, aren't we? Yeah, we didn't get to play Leeds Salt Miners A or Stonehammer. No, it's a shame. Came, um, third and fourth, maybe, or some second mm. or fourth. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice to play. Um, but yeah, an overall very positive experience. I think generally we paired well. Yeah, played well. I think we're still learning about as a team how to manage those sorts of kind of events and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and for me, anyway, it's my final event. It was a nice send-off for ninth. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was a nice snapshot of the late ninth meta. And it was just a lovely bunch of people to play with and a re- you know, really a bunch of really lovely and smart players to, to have a bunch of games with. And so, yeah, that's ninth done now. Get in the bin, ninth. You've been fun, and we look forward to a less lethal, better balanced game that's due to kick in in about a week. <laughs> And deliver the 40k Nirvana you've all been looking for. Finally, answer all your grievances and problems and give you safe, balanced, happy gaming for the rest of time. And that will happen. I promise you. Yeah. Promise you. James, don't lie. James would never lie to us. Um, Jack says, I got a 2122. Well, Jack, that is the true plus plus spirit, and I'm proud of you. Um, and sorry, sorry again for our game. We'll, um, we'll play again soon, and you can have the army that shits on mine instead. Um, that seems fair. Right. Let's rattle through some questions and then let's go. I might actually just dunk myself under cold water after this. I don't know what you guys are doing. That's probably my that's probably my plan. You, are you can see me going slightly more red if you're watching this one. It is <laughs> still warm. It is so hot. Right. Podcast questions. 
Um, Let's start with this one. This is from Just Make Stuff. What is your inner chimp most worried about regarding 10th right now? That is defined as the knee-jerk emotional response to sudden change. What are you saying? Mortal wounds. No, no, my my knee-jerk reaction concern is cards. Hate. Okay. Hated Maelstrom of War Mm. with a passion. um, And um, I hate cards. So that my knee-jerk reaction is no, I like the missions. Spruce it up, change it up, whatever, but don't make me use cards. That was my initial initial. I'm the absolute opposite. I actually yeah, really the like these cards. Yeah, me I too. think they're really done. They've done them really well. My problem is just they've told us no re-rolls. There's all these re-rolls and a mechanic called devastating wounds. Mm. Yeah. That feels abusable. Yeah, I think it's rerolls and devastating wounds look scary. I it's artillery for me. I'm a bit sick of artillery. It's been quite an artillery meta for the end of ninth. I don't enjoy that. Um, and unless they do something quite drastic, it's going to be very artillery heavy going into early tenth as well. Um, so that that's the change that I react worse to. And I think the other, to be honest, the other thing I dislike, I in in some ways a wild west is exciting, and I'm well up for it. But what one aspect of Wild West I resent is there's just going to be a bunch of people winning games because they've just got some stupid lawyered combo that someone hadn't dealt with in development, which they should have done. And that's fine. But I like winning games when the terrain is leveled out a bit and we're playing on similar nice. ground and armies are a bit better balanced. It's this late nights we've got used to having. That's it. What it's is been a nice. quite been nice and balanced meta. Yeah, exactly that. It's been pretty good. Um, there have been some some armies with a bit of a leg up, but it's not been anything like as egregious as it was in the earlier stages of ninth. And that's a bit of a frustrating stage. I say I'm, I'm actually more excited for testing games and making content testing games with my team at the moment than I am for events. Events, I, yeah. feel like, I just feel it. You're just going to hit something that you've not seen before that does 40 mortal wounds because someone didn't check the fucking print. And that's fine, but that's not real competing. So it's like I think I just I might just have to switch my kind of competing brain off for a few months as this all levels out and we we kind of get used to it. Um, Okie dokie. Next up, we ha- oh ultimate fight. Ask what's everyone's feeling about using third party and three D printed models in competitive play? I ask as I often run the Cromlech Norzilla, that's a Squigoth clone, um, but not in competitive play in our local store. Do you feel that should be more commonly allowed? Um. I think a bit of it's fine, right? It does depend. It really, for me, it really depends on the type of printing you're doing. I think if it's for a weapon option or a little gubbin or something, it's a lot yeah. less egregious than someone printing the actual GW models at the right yeah. scale, the right thing. But again, if you're printing something that looks similar, is a similar size, but is clearly a not GW model, it's something else again. But it's just. Seeing people print turn up with these 3D printed GW models is something that does annoy myself personally. Yeah. I've I have no issue with 3D printing like Forge World type units because I think Forge World's already such a bizarre thing with sort of resin and I don't think the quality of the models is that great and you end up paying a lot for it. So I kind of I don't mind so much about that, but I do, yeah, whole armies I find a bit it it doesn't sit easy with me. I do think it's one of those areas where it it probably speaks into that divide i think there's a whole bunch of 40k players these days who are essentially computer gamers and they essentially interact with 40k like a computer game and i think to a lot of those players 3d printing your parts makes complete sense as does getting the best options as quickly as you can 
Um, I think for long-term hobbyists and collectors, it doesn't doesn't quite look and feel like when that. When someone prints 30 Stern Guard veterans and you're there <laughs> buying them at 30 quid for five. Yeah. Yeah, well, that'll that'll be happening as we speak, I'm sure. Um, but I th- I th- this is this is changing all the time, and different people will do different things. And it, it's, it's about doing what you're ethically and, and morally happy with. I really enjoy buying GW stuff, as silly as it is. I love buying a stupid plastic kit and making it. Um, always been a big fan of that, and will continue to be. <laughs> um, and then finally, with the indexes that have been shown so far, if you were able to make only one tweak to the core rules of tenth. What would you change, and why is it devastating wounds? It's devastating wounds. Yeah, um, it's just in a world where you're trying to reduce killing power, and then you've got this mechanic which has always been the most powerful way of dealing damage because it yeah. spills over, um, and just can't be saved for the most part. Mm. And you've then increased that by an awful lot. It just makes no yeah. sense. It's you think the rail gun on the hammerhead goes from killing one thing really good to killing an entire squad? Mm. I mean, I was listening yeah. to that Fireside pro- um, podcast with oh, the the DJ today, yeah. and what you were saying actually, where you just you make it the same as like sustained hits. You go devastating wounds bracket one, yeah, or devastating wounds bracket two, mm. and you go this one you do critical wound. Does this many extra mortals? Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because I actually I think the keyword system for the weapons, it's amazing, is, is a really nice way of tidying up how weapons work, and they've clearly put a lot of thought into some of it. And then there's just a few areas of it where they just haven't. It was obvious from the game to a ten year old who was like, "Yeah, but death." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to play for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly that, and so that's that's the issue. I think the other thing, I don't artillery. I don't know. There's there's ways of they've got to work out what they're going to do. That having artillery, artillery looks like a problem. As artillery well. being able to ignore cover when that's supposed to be one of the things that things get to mitigate it. Artillery also being able to, to ignore to, the hit penalty. Ignore with hit heavy, penalties. Right. It should no artillery should be able to do those things if that's the meaningful way of dealing with it. Or you bring in the same change. As we had end of ninth, where there's an additional ballistic skill change, and there's an additional boost to save for the defending unit, irrespective of cover, that helps a bit. Um, but I, I do wonder if maybe just no rerolls of any kind for artillery. I think that would do it. No, no hit and wound rerolls because that's again, as we will see very shortly. That's to a point, that's, but I think that's, that's, that's what's also. Do this. I think that's also the main problem, though. The just the rerolls. I think it's mm. everything together. Like the D cannon doesn't reroll. It does because it's an elder. Well, it does, it but you don't reroll, right? You just set. No, you just use auto. Right. Yeah, in the, in the in the case of the decan, yeah, but elder will have specific. other artillery that yeah. is very much using hit and wound rerolls, as will marines. But yeah, it's it's just that's where it, there's going to be a lot of feel bads at the start of the edition, as far as I can see. Um, but, but hopefully, we learn that lesson quickly. And that's it. Like you go to the beginning of like kind of eighth. And it was like lots of flyers, flyers were broken. Mm. Um, then loads of librarians um, spamming mortal wounds um, from smites on fives and those sorts of things. There's always an issue at the start of every edition. Um, so you just hope that very quickly it gets tweaked. And in four years' time, we don't remember this horrendous early period of the first six months. 
<coughs> that's exactly it. There is talk of a day one FAQ coming, so yeah, we'll see yeah, if, I think we'll if see they do stuff. that. Or it'll just be the what, a three or six months' time they figure it out and go, look, here's the solution, or at least a solution. Yeah, completely. Right. Okay. I think that's everything we've got in the chat. I don't think we've got any other questions in. So thank you very much to everybody for listening. It's been great. We have been the Plus. We are a thoroughly average team. We had a thoroughly average weekend. And we will see you again soon. Woo! Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.